Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Finally, a little movement on the NFL head coaching front, and this began almost as I woke on, you know, I guess it was Thursday morning, when there was reports that, you know, finally the Denver Broncos were really going to make the first the first hire as a head coach, and they eventually did on Thursday. They had they hired Nathaniel Hackett, the offensive coordinator for the Green Bay Packers, and I I you know Nathaniel Hackett started right here in Tampa Bay. He was like a one of those quality control assistants, one of those many coaches like Kyle Shanahan that got their starts, about 10 of them throughout the league that got their start under John Gruden and his staff. I know Nathaniel Hackett um, well before he became a coordinator with a number of teams, including the Jaguars. I don't think that he called plays up there per se, but I know he was well-liked. And, of course, the natural sort of leap you make, uh, it's pretty easy, is that if you're Nathaniel Hackett and you're going to interview with the Denver Broncos, as he did, the first question is going to be, what would you do at quarterback if you had this job? Because, you know, they need one. And, uh, hello, I got a guy I just spent the whole year with in Green Bay that probably wants out of there. Now, it's a trade situation, but certainly if Aaron Rodgers, you know, says, I'm not playing here again next year and I'll either retire or you trade me, and get something for me because they voided, you know, 2000 and what, 2023, then the Packers would probably have to move him. They'd want to move him to an AFC team. And, well, hello, Denver Broncos, you may have Aaron Rodgers headed your way the way you did Peyton Manning oh so many years ago. So uh, good hire if, and I think Nathaniel Hackett's going to be successful if he gets the right quarterback, but good hire if that quarterback especially as Aaron Rodgers. And then, and that, now Hackett too, because, you know, when we went to bed Wednesday night, the Jacksonville Jaz- Jaguars had not hired a coach. They were supposedly still negotiating with Byron Leftwich, the Bucks' offensive coordinator. And they said they, they hadn't settled on anybody, hadn't offered anybody anything. No, 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 we want to talk to Nathaniel Hackett again. And we want to talk to Matt Eberflus, who was actually in Chicago interviewing with the Bears. Well, Say hello to your Bears head coach, Matt Eberflus, who's the Indianapolis Colts defensive coordinator, and so he's gone. So at that point, you really thought, okay, this is too easy. Let's let's follow the puzzle here. We've got two coaches down. Both of them Jacksonville had an interest in. This surely has to be time for Byron Left, which by the end of the day is going to end up the Jaguars head coach, but it didn't happen. Um, it didn't happen, and we'll get into some stories about you know other general managers and and whether you know this whole thing has broken down over a refusal to work uh, with Trent Balky or uh, the GM of the Jaguars or have control and all of that. So we got we got the coaching news, we've got the NFC Championship games, the AFC Championship game, 
the Lightning win over New Jersey. So lots to talk about. I just want to remind you guys, first, that the 18th Annual Firestone Grand Prix of St. Petersburg is presented by RP Funding. This year it happens February 25th to the 27th. You got that beautiful 1.8-mile temporary circuit, 14 turns in that configuration. They use all the streets circling uh, Pioneer Park, the Duke Energy Center for the Arts, the Daly Museum, and extendeds extends all the way onto the runways at Albert Woodard Airport in St. Petersburg. So beautiful track out there, of course. Visit gpsaintpete.com for race information and tickets. So where are we at now, Steve Versnick, with uh, Byron Lefwich? Well, I mean, I think that the report coming out of Arizona was interesting, and that is that Adrian Wilson, the former safety that is now the college scouting director with the Cardinals, that... Byron Leftwich knows well, having worked for the Cardinals, is the guy that he would like to have as his general manager. And that, you know, Balky would step aside, be fired, something like that. That seems to be what's what 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 is the breakdown or the sort of the sticking point with Byron Leftwich. We I have not talked to Leftwich. I haven't seen Leftwich quote quoted anywhere. There's just there's just a couple reports to that extent. And now the Jaguars say they're going to continue uh, looking. In the meantime, this was interesting. What do you make of this one? The New Orleans Saints, of course, you know, need a head coach all of a sudden, right? Um, and, I mean, I, I, I'm not sure that this is the exact fit. I mean, I think Dennis Allen is going to end up their defensive coordinator getting that job. He's, I think he's a leading in-house candidate. But Byron Leftwich now, the Saints have asked for permission to talk to Byron Leftwich about that head coaching job. That one's curious. I mean, you, you get mm-hmm. the whole Jacksonville fit. He played there. He was beloved there. Uh, 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 offensive coordinator type to help Trevor Lawrence in his development. You know, there's a lot of things that on the surface make sense. Although the fact that he was kind of perceived as a leading candidate has been in person interview, then they mm-hmm. started bringing others in who have now been hired elsewhere, right? And they haven't come to a deal with Leftwich. You wonder whether it's you know Jacksonville doesn't isn't sure he's the fit, or maybe Byron doesn't like something going on there. You know, is it the, you know the GM Trent Balky, or you know some some you know how much power or authority he's going to have? You know, you just you wonder what's going on there. The New Orleans one's interesting. You really, I mean, who's going to be their quarterback of the future? We, you know, we've got Taysom Hill, Jameis is still there at this point, but Byron, you know, the Saints have owned Byron Leftwich in that in the Bucks offense essentially. Outside, well, the, maybe he doesn't. Need, he doesn't need a contract. Game. He doesn't need a contract. They already own him. I yeah. suppose you could say. <laughs> there but you go. Um, you know, so you wonder if, if this is. You know, maybe they want an offensive coach. You know, they had Sean Payton, who was an offensive, you know, considered one of the best offensive coaches in minds of right. the game. And they want to continue that there as that type of style. So maybe that, you know, he's one of the, the leading offensive coordinators. So you want to interview him. Or is it trying to download info on the Bucks? You know, I. Yeah, and, and that's a great point. As a manager previously in many of my lives is someone at, you know, running radio stations. If someone in my competition was let go, 
and th- this is not let go, but someone could let go, I'm meeting with them as soon as possible, whether I have any interest in hiring them or not, but you never know mm-hmm. what they're going to tell you. Well, if Byron yeah. Leftwich is trying to get a head coaching job, you never know what he might tell them. And so maybe maybe they're doing, you know, I'm not saying that's what's happening, but there is a benefit to interviewing someone that's in your division. Happens all the time in terms of these, these interviews are, are often done. Um, and, I mean, you hate to say, well, we have no interest in, in Byron Leftwich. I think they have some interest. Yeah, I, I don't, yeah, I don't think maybe, it's none, but. Right, but maybe he gets the job. I don't. I don't know. But it, it does absolutely. What you're saying makes absolute sense. You have a chance to talk to the offensive coordinator, and sure, you've shut them down pretty regularly, especially with Dennis Allen. It's kind of ironic, right? Like you have two candidates, and, and you got one in the building. It's Dennis Allen, and you're gonna bring another guy in that Dennis Allen just owns. It just you know shuts down every time they play him. Nonetheless. You're still going to have to play these guys, whoever the coach is, if you don't hire Byron Leftwich. But what an opportunity to talk to Byron Leftwich about your team, right? Because let's face it, your team right now scored all of nine points the last time they were on the field against the Buccaneers. Not a great offensive output. Sure, they won the game because your defense was lights out and you got three guys hurt within 10 minutes that were all stars of the Bucs. But um, the fact of the matter is, what do you think about our quarterback, Taysom Hill? What do you think about Jameis Winston? Is he a guy we can actually win with? You had him for one year in Tampa. What would you do with him? So I think there is absolutely, absolutely, because I know this to be true, there's counterintelligence opportunities when you have these jobs and these job openings. And if nothing else, and I'm not saying they're not sincerely interested in in, in Leftwich as a possible candidate, as a guy that they want to consider, but... He may not be at the top of their list. What's the harm? What is the harm in in finding out what he thinks of your football team, what he thinks of your quarterbacks in particular? You know, this this guy had Jameis in, in the building. And what I would say about that is this would be absolutely the greatest news on earth for Jameis Winston, who is sitting over here in Oldsmar trying to recover from an ACL. And, you know, he started the season last year pretty well under Sean Payton, although who's to say where they would have taken it. I think the Saints rode their defense and did an amazing job to win nine games. I mean, if things fall a little different and San Francisco doesn't come back from a 17 to nothing deficit over the Rams in the final week of the season, the Saints are the team in the playoffs at 9-8. and eight. But without a quarterback, right? So this would be – I mean, I have talked to Byron Leftwich about Jameis Winston. And, of course, you know, they had Tom Brady and they had already won a Super Bowl when I finally talked to him really about him. Um, But when I asked him about Jameis, it's true that Bruce Arians, you know, pretty much cut the cord, especially the final game that Jameis played in 2019. Um, The last two games he had pick sixes, essentially, including the walk-off against the Atlanta Falcons. And Byron Lepp, or uh, Bruce Arians, I get there, was, was done with Jameis at that point. Done with him. Did not did not think he was the guy and he had him for all of one year. And he also had him though, and watched him throw for, you know, 5,109 yards or something like that. And, you know, also 33 touchdowns. The problem was the 30 interceptions. And when I talked to Byron and I talked to Clyde Christensen, they both tell me, look, we wish we'd have had him more than a year. We wish we'd have had him really more than eight, eight months, you know, uh, after they got here. And, 
they they like the guy a lot, a whole lot, and then they like the player, but they just said we felt like we failed him. You know, we didn't put him in the best position. Um, we made it tough, and of course, all the interceptions and the record and all that. Um, that's not that's not the blueprint for developing a quarterback is to expose him to that many turnovers. And and I'm not saying they weren't Jameis's fault; they were. But they could have better, done a better job of calling it. They could have done a better job of running it. They could have done a better job all over. And 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 Byron told me he goes, I just I just wanted to work with them longer, you know. And and the funny thing is, is that Leftwich had not done the homework on Tom Brady, and his initial reaction was he thought he was probably too old. He probably thought he, you know his best football was behind him. But then he saw the tape and the work that Clyde had done, and he was like okay, this dude can still spin it, we're good. And obviously, you know, who says no to the GOAT unless you're the San Francisco 49ers? So they were they were fine with that in the Super Bowl that he brought him. But Jameis Winston could absolutely be in the picture. If you're the New Orleans Saints, where are you going for a quarterback? You're, well, you're going to the same places that the Bucks will try to go, you know, if Tom Brady retires and they don't have a guy. So... It's really interesting because it's an you know it's obviously a division rival, um, and I, and I don't you know Bruce Arians is always going to back his guys. He's always going to push his guys. There's there's only thirty one other of these jobs out there, so you can't you know you can't have hard feelings if you know if your biggest rival wants to take one of your coaches and make him head coach, you're going to wish him well if he gets the offer if he gets the job. Um, I thought it was immediate leverage against the Jaguars though. And here's the problem. The Jaguars are doing Jaguars things. You know, Shad Khan, who, you know, had stars in his eyes and got Urban Meyer and he was done after 13 games and 2-11. and 11. Um, They're a bad organization and they're run poorly. And, and part of the problem, I could absolutely see why Byron Leftwich wouldn't want Trent Baalke or any, look, Trent Baalke does not have a great reputation in the league right now. I mean, him and Jim Harbaugh could not work together. Jim Harbaugh, and you know him as well as anybody, Steve, he went to three straight NFC title games and a Super Bowl. And they couldn't get along. And it, they said the building was toxic. Out Now, part of that might be Jim's fault. But then after that, what did Balky do? He hired Jim Tomasulo, who was their offensive line coach for a year. Disaster. Fired after one season. Then he went and got Chip Kelly on the second go-around after his, you know, a firing in Philadelphia, another disaster, you know? So it's not like he has any recent history of success. He was brought in to help urban Meyer. He certainly didn't help him. And, you know, I, I, I think that this report out of Arizona makes sense to me. And again, haven't talked to Byron, haven't talked to his agent, but the report is that Adrian Wilson, who's, you know, former safety for the Cardinals, would come as general manager. And I could see Byron being smart enough. The other thing that Byron Leftwich told me last August was, I'm in no hurry to be a head coach. I am not. You know, I I played quarterback in this league. I've made a ton of money. Um, you know, I don't have this sort of, in my mind, I got to be a head coach by the time I'm 45 thing going. You know? He just loves coaching ball. He thinks if he does a good job with the job he has, opportunities will will create themselves. But I'm sure he's smart enough to be around guys like Todd Bowles and Bruce 
to know that when you do get these chances, and there's only 31 other ones out there in the world, but when you go, here's some things you have to have. Okay, let's start with the quarterback. Okay, check. Trevor Lawrence, potentially, and there's that word again, but potentially could be a, a generational type talent. That's what everybody said. Um, you're good there. Uh, you, you know, you got some, you got a, a nice big piece of clay to work with, to mold. Um, and that was your specialty as playing quarterback. But you also need the organization to all be pulling the same way. You know, ownership, GM, you, staff, you know, people in the lunchroom, you know, weight training, all that. Everybody's got to be in this together. And if you sense that somebody wants more power, and a lot of times what they do with these young coaches, they did it here in Tampa Bay, is they go, hey, 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 we would love you as our, as our new head coach, but you're so young and inexperienced that on the personnel side, we don't want to bother you with that, and we're going to take care of you know, the draft, and we're going to take care of free agency. And, oh, by the way, I'm sure you have some ideas about who you want as coordinators, but you know what? Let us help you hire those too. They did it here in Tampa with Raheem Morris. You know, they made Raheem Morris the head coach one day. He was 32 years old. And they and Mark Dominic, who was a first-time GM, said, I got this. We're going to help you hire your coordinators. And they hired an offensive coordinator who had never called plays and fired him 10 days before the start of the regular season. 10 days. And then their defensive coordinator, Jim Bates, they fired after 10 games because his defense didn't fit their personnel. So how'd that work out? Well, 2-14 and 14, or 3-14. and whatever, three and 13 is how it worked out. Now he came back the next year and he was his own defensive coordinator and they made Greg Olson, their offensive coordinator, who was on the staff as a quarterback's coach. And they went 10 and six and then started four and two the next year until the wheels fell off. But these, these teams will try to muscle, you know, these young head coaches. And that could be, could be what's going on with the saints that, you know, Byron Leftwich doesn't feel comfortable with the structure that he would have around him. Yeah, and, and the Adrian Wilson report makes sense because they've worked together in Arizona. Mm-hmm. So if he's not going to have the authority, and you know they don't want to put a new head coach to have personnel decisions, et cetera, then you want someone there you can trust, that you know, that mm-hmm. knows what you like, that's worked with you. Mm-hmm. You know That makes perfect sense for Byron, if that's what the holdup is in this. Yeah, and we don't know. They're going to go forward. They're going to keep talking to people. And now I would think, I would think, because I've talked to some people in Jacksonville, the, the, the Jacksonville fans up there are just over it. They, they're like, get, of course, Byron Leftwich makes sense. You know, former draft pick, we're down with him. You know, we're, let's do it, like right now. They don't understand what the holdup is, and they're kind of mad at Trent Bauke and, you know, everything else that's going on up there. Um, in the meantime, you know, who else are they going to get for that job? I mean, there's obviously other candidates, but you know, he's got leverage now because, and, and, you know, I, again, I'm not, I don't know that he's a front runner with the saints. I would think that's Dennis Allen, but he's in the mix. And there's only, I think there's about three coaches they've so far have asked to talk to or interview, um, including Dennis Allen, you know, so the other news, which affects the bucks big time, um, who is it that says big time all the time? Oh, Gronk. Gronk always says, yeah, big time, man. Um, the other one that affects the Bucks big time is the Raiders situation. And 
Todd Bowles and John Spitek, who's the Bucks, you know, vice president of player personnel, was out there on Thursday. And lo and behold, by Thursday evening, I don't know how either of those interviews went, but probably not well. But by Thursday evening, it looks like Josh McDaniels is going to be their guy, the New England offensive coordinator, who's been Belichick's, you know, under his command ever since he was fired by the Denver Broncos. Remember, I mean, McDaniels, you know, had the job with the Colts and then said yes and then then said no. And they, they'd already, in fact, one of the, the guy that they'd already hired that was going to be on his staff was Matt Eberflus, which is coincidental, right? He became the defensive coordinator of the Colts uh, a couple years later. But so after that, like, people kind of stayed away from Josh. You know, it was kind of like, mm, yeah, you don't, you leave one team at the altar, we're not going to give you a chance to do that to us. And the perception has always been, and Raheem Morris, a good friend of his, has always been that he he's just waiting for Belichick to retire, that, you know, he's the head coach in waiting. He's paid $3 million or more to be the offensive coordinator, which is pretty good pay in a league for that. Well, if he got on a plane, this is how it goes. If he's getting on a plane and he's going to Oakland, that means he wants the job. Not he know not going to interview for the job. He's pretty much got the job. You know, he's not flying out there and leaving his situation in New England, which is as good a job as you can have right now as a coordinator, unless he is the head coach or is going to become the head coach of of the Las Vegas Raiders. And one of his buddies, and I don't have the name in front of me right now, but one of his buddies is going to be uh, is is a general manager candidate. So it's a twofer. You know, they get their general manager, they get Josh McDaniels. That would probably be the condition he would have to go out there. He's not going to accept any general manager at this point. Um, can't take Belichick, who, by the way, just won executive of the year. Did you see that? Pro Football Writers voted Bill Belichick executive of the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's his own GM. He did a nice job in the draft, obviously, you know, and mm-hmm. bouncing back. So, yeah, it's... You know, so if Todd Bowles, and I, I wrote, you know, I wrote this story in the Tampa Bay Times on TampaBay.com about sort of the, the nuclear option or, you know, kind of the Jenga tower that the Bucks have become, right? Like, you pull one of these pieces and everything could crumble to the ground. I mean, you lose Byron Leftwich, you lose Todd Bowles, you lose John Spitek, and you also lose probably two coaches to each team off your staff, and then you know, potentially a bunch of free agents that now have landing spots in in schemes and systems that they know they can play and, and be successful. And then maybe Brady, upon looking at all that, says, you know what, this ain't the same team. It's not the same defense. It's not the same coordinators. I think I'm good. You know, I don't, I don't think I'm going to play because we don't have the same chance to win, not even close. But now, but now, um, I'm not sure, you know, that – any of this is going to work out for Byron Leftwich that he's going to be the coach in Jacksonville or New Orleans. I don't know, but he may not be. Uh, could he become a candidate somewhere else? He could. Um, and it doesn't look like Todd Bowles is going to get the job with the Raiders, and I don't think there's another job out there for him. You know, he interviewed in Chicago. They hired mm-hmm. somebody. He interviewed in Minnesota. I suppose they could still hire him, but he hasn't gone back for a second interview. Mm-hmm. So, you know what? I mean, they may have the band back together. These, and that would not be a bad thing for Bucks fans. That would be a good thing, and, and like you yeah. said, all those free agents that may influence them, right? To right. whether it's retiring or going somewhere else or coming back. 
Yeah. Does yeah, it I mean, su- you want Does it surprise you and, and unless I've missed it? As much positive goodwill that was behind Rich Basaccia, the way the Raiders played under him and the way the players talked about him that he hasn't interviewed elsewhere? Well, I mean, listen, Rich Rich has been First of all, he's under contract, but yeah, that no one well, asked but, for but, permission. But he's not a head coach. You can interview him for a head coach. I mean, he's interim, but yeah, that's... no, I just said that. Yeah, they just got to ask. They, they, yeah. yeah, they can't stop him from interviewing. That's, no, I'm, you just got to surprised with as much you, the way the yeah. players were talking about him and yeah. And the problem is the problem is Rich's Rich's had. I mean, mm-hmm. does he deserve it? And if you've watched what he navigated and how well he did it. I would interview him if I had a coaching up opening. One hundred percent, I would. And it's possible he said no, and that's why it hasn't happened. I mean, you can well, ask. we haven't heard of anybody right. asking yet, right? But, but usually I mean, that that at least that would leak out, right? But he still hasn't he still hasn't been told he's not the Raiders' coach. He's sure. under contract. Sure, I'm just surprised um, that, that more haven't interviewed him. I mean, whether they hire, yeah, him it or doesn't not, appear. I mean, yeah, it's it just really you know just the amount of. I mean, the players were just gushing over him and, and how mm-hmm. they loved playing for him and mm-hmm. and that you know it was just like he didn't even you never outside of everyone kind of assumed that the Raiders could elevate him and they could mm-hmm. but beyond that he hasn't in, you know interviewed elsewhere just kind of surprising to me well Rich Bisaccia has been known for a long time and this should have helped him and it, and, it, and he absolutely should get interviews in in other other situations they know who he is. I think the NFL kind of knows who he is. And for better or worse, you know, I thought he did a hell of a job in, in a crisis situation. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, these owners, man, they're they're selling hope. They're selling personalities. In the case of the Las Vegas Raiders, I never thought he would get that job. I just don't. Because think about where you are, Okay. You're you're in you're on the Las Vegas Strip. I mean, I can throw a rock and hit those casinos, you know. And what what is Las Vegas? It's the entertainment capital of the world. Who did they hire to go in there mm-hmm. when they were going to go to Allegiant Stadium? And who was going to be the head coach? John Gruden, right? Hundred million dollars. You can see him on a marquee. You can see him, you know, out there in Vegas, splashed on a marquee. So they're sort of the, you know, it's, it's a city of stars, a little like Los, like the Los Angeles Rams. You know, I mean, if you're a football team out there, you've got Hollywood to compete with. You, you, you need star power. You need to be going for Super Bowls every year. You need to get Von Miller. You need to get Matthew Stafford. You need that sort of, you know, star power. And I, I just don't think that Mark Davis – as good a job as as Basaccia did when it was thrust upon him, thinks that he's playing the big room. You know what I mean? Like, he's not at Caesar's Palace or the Bellagio. You know, he's playing Circus Circus. You know? I mean, that's that's just the way it is. And it, it's cold and it, you know, it doesn't make sense from a football standpoint. I mean, the great thing about Rich, I mean, he's he's always been the same guy. And I think people should know... You know, he sat there and wrote hand wrote notes to all his players before the final game. You know that's that's how he coaches. He cares. He's always gotten along. You know, he's one of the few guys. And I don't know why people don't hire most special teams coaches because they're the only ones that talk to both sides of the ball. Mm-hmm. 
You know, the only coach on the staff who coaches offensive and defensive players and knows the team better than anybody is your special teams coach. And it didn't hurt John Harbaugh. Nope. You know, so why people don't hire more special teams coaches as head coaches, I have no clue. Coaching is coaching. Um, but somehow special teams, you know, are the third component of, oh, it's three, you know, it's three phases, you know, offense, defense, and, yeah, there's special teams. Well, you don't hire special teams coaches as head coaches, so I don't know. It's a great question. I, you would think that people would be impressed by the job he did. I think everybody was, but it was a crisis mode. Um, you know, and, that, and that, that Raiders job, look, you got one year with Derek Carr at $19 million, and, and he may leave after this season as a free agent, or you may trade him because you don't have a chance to get something back for him after this season. But I would be very interested in a job that had Derek Carr at quarterback. You know, they've got talent on that on that roster. So if Josh McDaniels is going in there, you know he's looked at that position, he's looked at that job, um, as he's looked at a ton of others that he wouldn't interview for, I'm sure. And, you know, to leave the mothership, to leave New England and, and sacrifice being Bill's heir apparent. And Bill's 70. Now, I don't know how much longer Bill's going to coach. I don't know what else he would do. But he is 70, you know. Um, so... This has to be a, a, a this has to be a fait accompli. This has to be a done deal to me. You know, could things fall through? Well, yeah. You know, call the Colts and ask Jim Irsay about Josh McDaniels and whether or not you don't think something could go wrong. Um, but it it certainly doesn't bode well for Todd Bowles and and or Spy Tech because they would absolutely hire Josh would have his own GM. Josh would be able to have influence over who they're taking there. And there's another New England guy, so. You could get Bowles back. You could get Spy Tech back. And, you know, if, if if New Orleans continues to screw this up and and the Saints go with Dennis Allen or somebody else, you could get Byron Leftwich back. So just as quickly as we talked about how, you know, some people do win Jenga. Sometimes you pull out a piece and the, and the tower stands. I mean, that that could be what happens. And then, then those free agents want to play for Todd and he's still here in Tampa. They want to play for Byron, and he's still here in Tampa. You know, you don't have that competition in that in that vein. I mean, usually this is decided by money. I thought it was funny. You know, they came back and they were like, "Well, what a job!" They resigned. They got twenty two starters back, and they had all these free agents came back. Show me the guy that gave you the hometown discount because nobody did. You know, uh, there were some undervalued guys like Leonard Fournette, but that was primarily because they took a lot of money out of the salary cap. There's like fifty, sixty million dollars less because why? They didn't play games. So the designated gross revenues went down. And the owners and the players are partners in the NFL. And so there was less money for player costs. So the salary cap, you know, got eaten up. And all of a sudden, you know, Leonard Fournette is happy to get $4 million. That won't be the case this year, however. And the Bucks are okay with the salary cap. I mean, they're about, half, they're about 15th or 16th in the league in terms of space. And they could always create more. It's an accounting principle. If you're going to have Tom Brady, you should go for it. You know, the mistake they made this year is not having the mentality they had last year. Sure, you brought back your 22 starters. But then when guys started getting hurt, Jason Pierre-Paul, all your receivers, when you lost, you know, it was too late by the time you lost, you know, Brown, Antonio Brown. But remember that famous quote? You know, what about OBJ? Nah, OBJ, AB, too many initials. Okay. Well, you didn't have AB against the Rams, and they burned you 
with Odell Beckham Jr. He he's a difference maker. And then how about Von Miller? You know, the Rams went and mortgaged more draft picks and made the trade with Denver for Von Miller. You're sitting here with JPP who's, you know, playing with one arm that needs surgery. And yeah, you may have Joe Tryon Showinka. Why didn't you go for it? Why didn't you go get Von Miller? Why didn't you outbid a team that you knew or should have known you'd lost to them? You were going to see somewhere down the road in the NFC champion, you know, NFC playoffs. So that to me, that was a mistake. And, and if Tom Brady's your quarterback, you mortgage every bit of the future you can for the present. Now, I think they they better have learned a lesson there. Because I think it absolutely cost them the game. You know, I mean, it, look, injuries, right? You don't lose Tristan Wirfs. Maybe they block Von Miller. But they didn't. And they lost the game. And we know how it went down with, you know, the, the defensive gaps and things like that. So, yeah. But we're going to have, I mean, this is going to be an interesting weekend. Because once those dominoes fall, they're going to fall quickly. And you saw two jobs closed up. So what happens now? Well, those two coaches are looking at the eight or nine staffs that are splitting up because of the firings, and they're going to try to build the best staff they can with that pool of assistant coaches. But that pool of assistant coaches is going to start to dry up as more head coaches are hired. So each time a head coach is hired, right, if you're a team that doesn't have a coach yet, you're putting whoever your future guy is in peril. You're hurting his chances with every, with every day that you go – without hiring somebody because now he has fewer guys or the best guys might be going elsewhere. And that's the thing. Like you said to me, Steve, Hey, Hey Rick, I think I'm going to get this job at, at this you know place. Um, would you come with me? Yeah, man, I'm your, I'm your guy. Yeah. Hell yeah. I'd go with you. But then you're like, well, I'm still talking. I don't know. I might go over here. I might go there. And then all of a sudden somebody else comes to me and says, no, man, I got the job. And we're starting right now. Do you want it or not? Well, I may take the bird in hand and, you know, until you, until I know what you're doing, I, I got to feed my family. I, I need a job. I'm going to go with this guy. So it's the same way in, in sports, you know, you lose those coaches and let's be honest. I mean, as a head coach, you can only, you can affect the whole organization, but you, you got to have, you know, my most important coach might be my offensive line coach, you know? I need coordinators. I don't coach defense. I've got to have the best defense coordinator. You know, I've got to have a secondary coach. I've got to have the linebacker. Like, you know, there's so much you have. i got to have a special teams coordinator. And if those guys, the best guys get snapped up, what are you going to do? You're not going to win. I promise you, you won't win. Because you got too much coming across your, your desk already. So, interesting. It's going to be... It'll be an interesting couple of weeks. And, I mean, the Bucks. nothing less than the Bucks' entire future is at stake. <laughs> I, can't, I can't make it any more dramatic because it is, you know. Hey, you know what time it is right now, though? It's time for the St. Pete Grand Prix. That's right. Set on the downtown streets of the beautiful Sunshine City in St. Petersburg. It's the 18th annual Firestone Grand Prix of St. Petersburg, presented this year by RP Funding. And it kicks off Florida's spring break season with some high-speed excitement. Here's what you do. Visit gpstpete.com. That's gpstpete.com for race information and tickets. It's just another race in season starting right here in St. Petersburg. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. 
Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. All right, we got the AFC and NFC Championship games. Looking forward to, uh, to watching them, not having to cover them for a change. Um, look, I, we'll start with the AFC, and I, I think we need to appreciate a couple things about, uh, about these teams, especially Kansas City, and I'll just say this. This is their fourth conference championship in a row. Andy Reid went to four in a row with the Eagles. He is now going to four in a row with the Chiefs. That is unbelievable amount of success for one head coach. It really is. And it's not accidental, and it helps that he had quarterbacks in both places. But, you know, the Chiefs have a pedigree now trying to go to their third straight Super Think about that. Their third straight Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. They're one game away, one home game, one home victory away after kind of a muddled start where, you know, a lot of turnovers, a lot of losses. They have completely turned it around. And are as explosive as any team in the NFL. We saw that incredible game with the Buffalo Bills against a very, very upstart Cincinnati Bengals team that just beat them in the final week of the regular season, albeit in Cincinnati, but beat them soundly. Beat them every way you can beat a team. So I I think this is great. You know, we're going to see Joe Burrow. We're going to see Josh Allen. We're going to see Patrick Mahomes going at it, I think, hopefully every year for the next 10 years. It's going to be great theater, great quarterbacking, obviously. Um, games in Kansas City, Steve, are you as confident that they will do what they did in Week 18? Well, it was Week 17. It wasn't the last 17, week. It was, it was the three, week yeah. before. They, although they week rested before, all their starters in Week 18. The yeah, that's right. Look, the Bengals are playing with house money. Yeah. They shouldn't – I mean, you know, by all measures, they shouldn't be in the championship game at this point. Right. I mean, they're probably a year or two ahead of what they, they probably expected and thought. Mm-hmm. You know, they mm-hmm. had the, the mantra, why not us, going into the playoffs. Well, now they're saying it is us, but – Yeah. You, you know, Who day? I, I mean, Joe Burrow's <laughs> the first number one drafted quarterback to reach a championship game within his first two seasons. First one ever. Wow. They're one of, I think, three teams – to go from the worst record in football to a championship game in two years, mm. they went two and fourteen in two thousand nineteen. Yeah, they did, and that's how they got Joe Burrow. Right, and they're there. Uh, their defense has played lights out. Their receiving core is very good. Joe Burrow's the real deal. Joe Mixon's a great running back. If they can keep Joe Burrow on his feet, and that's a big task. I mean, he was sacked nine times. Yeah last week, then they've got a shot. I mean, you know, Kansas City just played one of the greatest football games ever. Yep. In a playoff game. Can they repeat that? Can they do it again? Now, I their pedigree, you would think they could. But, you know, emotion's a big part of this. In football, when it's a one-and-done situation. You know, other sports, baseball, hockey, 
You know, you can have a bad game. You can have two bad games. You can, you know, not be able to get up emotionally from like the last game because right. you've got mulligans building. You don't in football. Yep. I mean, I think Kansas City's the better team, but I think the Bengals have nothing to lose. And I know really, Joe Burrow is the real deal too. I mean, you know, we all know Patrick Mahomes is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Joe. Joe is special, and Joe's gonna, you know. He's he's going to play well if they give him a chance. Um, it is true that they've arrived a little bit early, but I would say this: when you get to this game, you need to win it. I, whether you're early, late, or otherwise, these games are hard to get to. Right? Notwithstanding Kansas City doing it four years in a row, now I think Burrow is in that category. I don't think he's Patrick Mahomes yet, but him and Josh Allen and, and Mahomes are going to go at it for years. Uh, Barring some some more cataclysmic injury, I mean he's had a torn ACL already. It's not like they're protecting the guy now, but they got the talent with Jamar. Ch- I mean, you know, Chase and all those guys. I mean, it's going to be. They, there's no reason you wouldn't expect to see them in the playoffs again. But to this game, to the champ, you're you're mm-hmm. 60 minutes from the Super Bowl. This reminds me, without the quarterback situation, I mean it's totally different, obviously, because the Bucks had Sean King. But you know, when the Bucks got to the NFC championship in, in the 99 season and they went and played the greatest show on turf. You knew that defense was great, but everybody thought everybody thought that the Rams were going to roll over them because nobody had beaten the rain. No, nobody had slowed down that offense and here the bucks were with, and they gave up two points with a safety, a, a, a snap that sailed out of the end zone that Sean King kicked out of the back of the end zone. They were winning six to five. And they were going to win that game six to five in St. Louis, and then Ricky Prohl, after a timeout, when they saw the blitz, they kept the blitz on. Ricky Prohl makes a contested catch, you know, with four minutes and forty-four seconds to go, and then the Bucks came back down. They were inside the twenty that led to the Bert Emanuel catch, non-catch, Bert Emanuel rule, all of that, and the Bucks lost. They didn't get back there for a number of years until they fired their coach, Tony Dungy, and John Gruden showed up and with a new quarterback, Brad Johnson. And then they got over the hump in Philadelphia and went to the Super Bowl and won it against the Raiders. So you don't know how many years it will be. You don't know, you know, if, you know what – I mean, I think Joe Burrow's not going anywhere barring an injury, but all I'm saying is when you get to this game, whether you're late, early, or right on time, you got to win this game. Mm-hmm. You know, because you don't know how many more chances you're going to get. I think they have a chance because of all the things you said. There's such expectation that Kansas City's going back. I think you have a great chance to beat them. You know, um, now they're going to have to score touchdowns. That's been the that's been the problem with Cincinnati in these playoffs. They've only scored three touchdowns in two games. It's that's not going to work. I don't. You get you know, Kansas City has a kicker too, but they're getting the ball in the end zone. So I think you're going to have to score. Um, but their defense has played well. They've gotten turnovers, which is really big, obviously, when you're playing a, a great team. If they can continue to get those, yeah, I give them more than a puncher's chance. I really do. I think that's going to – I think in some ways that's going to be the most interesting game because I kind of know what to expect with the Rams and 49ers. The Rams, to me, are right where they – wanted to be right where they should be. But one fatal mistake. They had a chance to knock this San Francisco team out of the playoffs. 
They had a 17 to nothing lead at SoFi Stadium in the final week of the season. And they let the 49ers come back and win the game and make the playoffs and then go on the road to Dallas and win and go on the road to Green Bay and win. And they have beaten this Rams team now, what is it, seven straight times? Six, seven straight times? Six. Six straight times, including just a few weeks ago. There will be as many or more 49er fans at SoFi. The place will be loud when the Rams have the ball, which is no bueno if you're if you're the Rams. And they've got the Rams number. I mean, it's a little like it's a little like New Orleans and Tampa, except that Tampa got them in the postseason. Now maybe the Rams will too. Um I think the Rams are the better team. Look, you know, of all the quarterbacks remaining, the the weakest link is Jimmy Garoppolo. And and once again, the 49ers are out there every day defending their quarterback, saying, no, 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 check out his one-loss record. Well, you can, sure, yes, it's true. Jimmy has won with this football team, but I think they've won in spite of him. He's beat up. Um, he didn't play well against Green Bay, to say the least. He should have had at least one, maybe two pick sixes, and they, for whatever reason, the Packers didn't play the ball. Um, and yet... Kyle Shanahan has a group of guys that will run the heck out of the ball with Debo Samuel and, you know, of course, one of the greatest tight ends in the league. And, and, and they, they do just enough. And then on defense, they're, they're just great. You know, like what they give up a, an opening touchdown drive to the Packers and then nada, you know, after that. So it's, um, I think this is a team that's in the Rams head. For whatever reason, I think they're in their head. Um, you can't lose that many times to a division rival. Imagine this. Imagine if San Francisco, who won that last game at SoFi, coming back from 17, were to go in there and beat the Rams in the championship game and come back two weeks later at SoFi for the Super Bowl. I mean, SoFi Stadium is like their home field now if you do all that. You know, and that's crazy. But yeah, if the if the hey, if the underdogs win, what is it? A repeat? What, what year was it? Eighty nine, ninety? When well, uh, eighty one and eighty eight season. That was Bengals. Both that Super Bowls were yeah. both their Super Bowls were against the Niners. Cincinnati and the Niners. Yeah. Wouldn't that be something? The eighty two yeah. and the eighty nine Super Bowl. I'm already right watching replays of John Taylor <laughs> in the final seconds. Man, Sam White's dropping his head. The know. Bengals are one of three teams to have never lost a championship game. Wow, that's interesting. The Texans, who have never played in a championship game, so they've never lost one. Right. The Giants are 5-0, and and the Bengals are 2-0. and How about that? Well, that's in their favor, for sure. Yeah, these games, this is a good week. I mean, it's hard to, it, it will be hard to, to duplicate or replicate what happened in the divisional rounds. I mean, those games all ended, mm-hmm. you know, with a, either a kick or on the last play. Um, so... I don't think we're going to get, but but maybe we will. Maybe both those games will wind up being down, you know, nail biters to the wire. Hope so. Love to see that. Um, it feels to me like it's going to be the Rams and the Chiefs. Um, if I had to be pressed, I would go chalk here. Um, I don't know that that the Forty ers can do it again. Uh, this one for a chance to be in the Super Bowl. I don't know that. You know, e- even with their mastery and all of that. 
Um, Stafford made big play after big play in Tampa. He's won two straight playoff games now. Um, their defense is still pretty good. So I don't know. I don't. I don't know that the that the Niners can do it again. And I and I would take Patrick Mahomes on this stage right now because I do think Cincinnati's not quite there yet. You know, and I think on, in this game experience counts. Um, but who's to say? I mean, you're one of four. Anything can happen. It's just they should be great games. Looking forward to them. Meanwhile, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, finally came home after that, that long West Coast road trip without Nikita Kucherov, and they beat the New Jersey Devils. I don't know what it is about the Devils seem to play their best games against against the uh, the Lightning. I was at the game the last time they played here, mm-hmm. and I think the Lightning had a 3-1 lead and lost in the third period. I think they gave up three goals. It's the only game that they've uh, had a lead going into the third period and lost this year in regulation. Wow. Yep. Wow. And and the Flyers, I mean not the Flyers, the uh, Devils came out. They were they were skating really well, and I mm-hmm. thought the first period they were Lightning were on their heels a little bit, looked a little sluggish. Yeah, they started a little slow, and and the Lightning tend to do that when they have time off, and they haven't played since Saturday. And and they're a high skill, high finesse team mm-hmm. that you know those passes when they're tape to tape, when everything's perfect, when they're in yeah. a rhythm. They play really well. When they have a lot of time off, that can tend to go away a little bit. And they, they tend to start slow after time off. Yeah. And so they did they did tonight. And then New Jersey got a power play. And mm-hmm. New Jersey's power play is pretty bad on the road, like 9% this year. But they scored on it. The Lightning had some chances to clear the puck, couldn't. Won the draw, couldn't get it out. Mm-hmm. But then you saw later in the game, the Devils get a two-minute or a double minor four-minute power yep. play, yep. and the Lightning dominated that from a penalty kill perspective. Mm-hmm. Anthony Sorelli gets a penalty shot shorthanded. <laughs> he misses it, but then they come back a, you know, a minute later, and Matthew Joseph scores a shorthanded goal. Yeah, uh, yeah. They put on a clinic, that, that power play in the second period, um, mm-hmm. to kind of take the lead and take control of the game. Uh, they gave up the lead in the third. They were up two to one, gave up a goal. A minute later, they came back and scored and took the lead again. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and they beat a team you're supposed to beat. And you didn't beat them last time, but, you know, it wasn't the prettiest of efforts by the, the Lightning, but they didn't they didn't play bad. Both teams were forechecking very well. Mm-hmm. It was very tough. Both teams didn't play very well on their own end. The forecheck for both teams was working well. And, yeah. and kudos to both. And both goalies were good. I thought uh, Gillis for them, who's not – they have some goalies in, in, injured in COVID protocols and stuff. He played really well. Six foot six goaltender. Massive. We've seen one of those before. Yeah, we have. <laughs> ben Bishop, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Big dude. And and I, not knowing much about hockey, because I, I really don't uh, you know, pass myself off as a hockey expert, but Matthew Joseph was playing at a different speed than some guys tonight. He played really well on the Canada, or the, the California trip, particularly the L.A. Yeah. and the San Jose games. He played very well. He was playing yeah. well again tonight. Yeah, I like his game. Yeah, and he's playing like with he was playing with you know Kalorn and Stamkos because Nikita mm-hmm. Kucherov's off, so he moved up to the, to that line, and he's yeah. he's played very well the last uh, the last you know four or five games. Yeah, well, I'm going to be going on Saturday. Uh, they've got Las Vegas in town. Uh, that'll be fun fighting my way through Gasparilla. Uh, should be wrapping up about that time. But yeah, so you had some good advice to leave early. I'll do that. 
But um, and then they 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 don't really have that many games because it's kind of this mm-hmm. pseudo all star break time, right? I mean, so yeah, kind of so though the Saturday against Vegas and Tuesday against San Jose at home, yeah. the all star game is next weekend, next Saturday in Vegas, and then they were supposed to have a three week Olympic break. Right, they'll come home and on the tenth and eleventh play Colorado and Arizona back to back. And then they'll come home for a couple of days, and on the fifteenth they go to New Jersey to make up that game. And then they have mm-hmm. another like eight nine days off before their next game, which is a home yeah. game late February prior to the Stadium Series in Nashville, which will be on the twenty sixth. Yeah, that'll be cool. And I, you know, I guess the good news is whoever they've got out that's got bumps and bruises or whatnot. Hopefully, you know, with that that much of a break in between those games, you get you know you get everybody back. They're going to need some rest uh, because starting in March, they play 31 games in 59 days. Whoo, baby. That's a great. And March great. is almost all on the road. April's a lot of home games. March is yeah. almost all on the road. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a lot. But, hey, they, you know, they're playing well, and, and that game against Colorado's got a great record. That's a good team to see mm-hmm. uh, coming here. So, um yeah, good for the lighting. I just hope they play well on Saturday. I am the kiss of death. You can tell whoever you see over there, Steve, that if we're going Saturday, there's going to be a battle. It's going to be a struggle. Yeah. We don't see them win. I don't know what it is. Well, Vegas we has personal... lost two in a row. They've lost to Carolina, and then they lost uh, Thursday night in Florida. Yeah, Can so, I tell you something? It doesn't matter. Yeah, well, if I'm but there, I'm saying they're going to be a little ticked off. Yeah, well, it's perfect. It's the yeah. perfect storm because I'm there. They're ticked off, and I, I'm on a personal five-game losing streak. Uh, they haven't banned you from the building yet no no and my kids don't think that you know they that the lightning ever win except on tv they don't they don't understand it but um but that's you know when we watched new jersey i think our last game was when new jersey or one of our last Mm -hmm. games when new jersey came back uh down you know three one or something like that and somehow new jersey came back lost five to three yeah yeah Hey, the 18th annual Firestone Grand Prix of St. Petersburg, it's presented this year by RP Funding. It's happening pretty soon, February 25th to the 27th. Uh, of course, uh, that beautiful course down there winds through Pioneer Park and the Duke Energy Center of the Arts and the Daly Museum and ends up at Albert Witted. So make sure you go to gpstpete.com. That's gpstpete.com for race information and tickets you're not going to want to miss this race for sure. Uh, check out the Tampa Bay Times and on tampa.com for all the NFL news, for all the Bucks news, the coaching search, all of that stuff with Byron Leftwich, with Todd Bowles, John Spitek. We'll, we'll update you uh, throughout the weekend on all of that. And we'll be back on Monday to talk about the championship games and everything else. Thanks for listening. For Steve Verstick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. 